Thank you for downloading this podcast from Awakening Church. Uh, Bishop Grievous, his ministry, his ministry has seen 460, I want you to listen to this, 460 HIV cases that they had a positive blood test and after they were prayed for, went and got a negative blood test, HIV completely healed, completely healed. And there are countless others who just don't have the ability to pay for the $3 test. So who knows how many people have really been healed. And there are numerous other stories and numerous other things that has happened. He was talking the other night, and they were trying to close the restaurant, and I, I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to continue to, to hear him talk. And uh, so I'm so grateful and so honored. It, it's, not, it's not often that we get the opportunity to have someone like Bishop Grievous come and be with us. And so, George and Darcy, thank you so much uh, for, for shooting that text and asking. And uh, we, we didn't have to think about it at all. Uh, we, we, we know George and Darcy, and we trust them, and we're so grateful. And uh, so, Bishop Grievous, I want to welcome you. Please come, take your time, take your liberty in the Lord. Thank you so much. Praise the Lord. At home, there's something which we do, which I'm, I want to teach you this morning. When I say praise the Lord, the congregation stand and they shout a great hallelujah in heavenlies. Can you try that? But before you try that, I want to read it in the Bible so that you may know it's written. So that you may not say it's Bishop Moses' theory. Amen. Turn with me in Revelation chapter 19. Chapter 19. Are you there? We are going to read. I, I, I love to do something with knowledge. That's why I want you to read with me so that when we shout to God, you will love it. Amen? So that you may not say, ah, this man came from Africa to make a shout. <laughs> Hallelujah to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Okay, here we go. He says in Revelation chapter 19, verse 6, And I heard as it were the voice of a great multitude as the sound of many waters and as the sound of mighty thunderings saying hallelujah for the Lord God omnipotent reigns. Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory for the marriage of the Lamb has come and his wife has made herself ready. 
unto her it was granted to be arrayed in fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Right blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said to me, These are the true sayings of God. And I fell at his feet to worship him. But he said to me, See that you do not do that I am your fellow servant and you and of your brethren who have been who have the testimony of Jesus worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the is the spirit of prophecy somebody say hallelujah, hallelujah. now let us stand once again when i say praise the lord I want you to raise up one of your hands and you say, Hallelujah! Can you try that? Let us try and see. Praise the Lord! Amen. Now when I say Hallelujah, you say Amen. Can we try that? Hallelujah! Amen. Now let us try it one more time. Praise the Lord! Hallelujah! Give the Lord a hand of praise. You may get seated. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I am so grateful once again for such a wonderful opportunity to stand before your saints and to declare your holy word. Lord, I come to you as it's written that all sinned and fall short of the glory of God but they are being saved by the grace of God. Move by your grace this day, almighty God, and touch somebody's heart by your spirit. Lord, transform your people this day. Elevate your people, almighty God. Deliver them from every kind of oppression, oh God. Lord, I cry out to you. For you said, if we say we have no sin, we make you a liar. But if we confess our sins, you are a just and righteous God to forgive us. And wash us from all uncleanness. Wash our evil imaginations. Wash our critical hearts. Wash our judgmental spirits. And eradicate every sin out of our lives. For we have sinned against you. We have sinned against heaven. We have also sinned against our fellow man. We beg for forgiveness. I dip this entire check in the blood of Jesus, oh God. I cry out, Father God, that when the angel of calamity is passing by, your people shall be spared out because of the blood you shed at Calvary. Therefore, you are a liar. You have no legal authority over this local assembly. You have no legal authority over the servants of this church. You have no legal authority over us right now. Therefore, I come against you. I crush you. I smash you. I paralyze you. And I render you powerless in Jesus' mighty name. My God, my Father, you said in your covenant, that no weapon formed against you, thou shalt prosper. And every tongue we condemn. Your tongue of accusation. Your tongue of confusion. Your speech of witchcraft. Sorcery and enchantment. Necromancy. And any powers of darkness. I say the blood of Jesus is against you right now. Loose. Go and come back no more. In Jesus' mighty name. My God, my Father, it's written that so shall be my word. 
which proceeds out of my mouth. It won't go forth and come back to me void of power, not until it accomplishes what I please. May your word come today, Father, reach it in the hearts of your people and transform them and heal them and deliver them and bless them, Almighty oh God. I decree and I declare a release in the spirit right now. I decree and I declare a release financially, materially, Father God. And in every area where there's a need, oh God, move and touch your people. To you be all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray and someone say, Amen. Amen. Well, I'm coming from Uganda. Uganda is in East Africa. We are just next to that huge lake called Lake Victoria. Uh, we have something in common with your nation. Here you have the first largest lake called Lake Superior. For us, we have the second largest called Lake Victoria. Then you have the longest river called Mississippi. Then also in Uganda, we have the longest river called uh, River Nile. So this is amazing river because it pours up north. Have you ever seen water pouring up north? It's impossible. But that's how God made Uganda. Source of the Nile is from Uganda and it goes through Sudan. It goes through Egypt and pours into the Mediterranean Sea. It's amazing. So we have an attachment which is vivid, which is undeniable with our Lord Jesus Christ and Moses of the Bible. Because at one time, they went to Egypt. They came to Africa for accommodation. They were immigrants in our continent. And they were received. And when Jesus also reigned from Pharaoh, he went. And he took some water from the source of the Nile. So there is a spiritual attachment. And that's why the way we believe in Uganda is different. We don't doubt God. We believe him. God is real. Amen. I've spent 25 years in ministry. I am married with five children of my own. Regardless of the 600 kids which I take care of who are in orphanage and primary and secondary school. So I'm called a papa. I'm not pope, but papa, which means father. Amen? Sometimes you may say, oh, we have another pope here. No, I'm just papa, which means I'm the daddy. Yes, by the grace of God, I'm, I'm, I'm pastoring a church in the capital of Uganda, which is called Kampala City, which is known as Prayer Palace Christian Center, with 3,000 membership. By the grace of God, I move into apostolic and I begin to preach out, reach out to people. And we have established 375 churches throughout the nation of Uganda. God has been so gracious. We are also running a radio station called Dunamis 103 FM. That word Dunamis is a Greek, a Greek word which simply means the extraordinary miraculous power of God. We also, we are right now planning to begin a radio station by the grace of God. I mean a TV station by the, by the grace of God, which will go across Uganda to, to six other nations which are neighboring our land, Uganda. 
the system or the dynamics change. Uh, I was taken by my friend and fellow ministers, Judy and Art, to Channel 21 to see how they really uh, established their television station. And they were marveled. In the first place, when Judy and Art went there, they said, no, this can't be. The person who gave you this information is, might be lying to you. You can't reach out to six nations. No way. Until I came and we sat into their boardroom and I gave out my story. And I said, dynamics change and they varies from nation to nation. The way you do your business here is different. For instance, in, in Louisville, Channel 21, has no, uh, it has a limitation. It can't go across the parameter according to, to, the, uh, to, to, to the license they have. But in Uganda, we have, or in Africa, we have turned from analog to digital, which simply means that there is two uh, major companies which have got platforms all over the nation and all over the continent. So when you go to the boss of the airwave, who is known as UCC, which simply means Uganda Communication Council, because you can't, you can't just walk over and you begin a television station, you must go there and you get permission. After you get permission and you get the license, then now you go to the Signet or Scar Times companies who already have these platforms all over so that they give you STL set like satellite link. It's a, it's a transmitter which you, you use to transmit through them and then you touch masses across Africa. This radio will be able or it will have a capacity of reaching out to 100 million people. So when I explained to them, they said, if it's like that one, that way then I think it can work. Amen. I want to thank God for Dr. George Nobili and Dulcie. Can you please stand? These, these are the people God used 27 years ago when I came to this land. We met, we have been friends for the last 27 years now. And they came to my place. They know me. They know my church. They have been coming and have been ministering. So we are no longer friends. Now we are brothers and sisters. So I call it my second home. Uh, at the same time, I want to thank my great ma uh, woman of God, uh, uh, Sister Judy, can you please stand? And Art, please. Those also accompany from New Life. Every year, they make a journey to come to Uganda so that we can mobilize a crusade and a conference for them. And they have been coming every year, every now and then. And we have been so blessed by their coming. And actually, they have been supporting some of the work we do. Amen? So, I'm happy. There's another one. Linda, where's Linda? Sister Linda. Oh, stand please. <laughs> Sister Linda. I love her by, by, by the way. She, she's a teacher of the word. She teaches and she, she has her style which really touches goes deep to the bones and separate the marrows from the tissues and then you get the real remedy. <laughs> I, I, I call her 
teacher of the word. So thank you so much. So they have come to accompany me today, but she also knows home because she comes home. Uh, I think I've said about me, so that you may know me, because it's very hard to talk to, to listen to somebody you don't know where he's coming from. Uh, I wrote a book called Sonship and Fatherhood. Uh, unfortunately, it was all finished. I don't have any copy. But in that book, I'm talking about honoring your parents spiritual parents and physical parents because if you honor them there's a great blessing you live even long and experience the blessings of God but I said anybody who has got no address which means anybody who has got no parents to honor is a dangerous person is like somebody who has got no church who is simply a believer but he has no pastor whereby he's accountable. I think in the Bible we don't see that. There's only one man we see in the Bible who has no address. He's called Satan. At one time, God asked him, where are you coming? He said it for me. I have no address. I'm just rotaring here and there looking to whom I may devour. So I pray that if you don't have a church, you find one and be committed to that local assembly and be nurtured, and then you become a great man or woman of God with a reference. Amen? Okay. Uh, when I was given opportunity to speak, I said, God, what do you want me to talk about? Because we have millions, summons, but always there's a word of the hour. And I said, God, what do you want me to talk about? Then I began to fumble, I began to fight with the three types of messages. Personally, I wanted to bring out a word of my own. And God said, not that one. And I said, okay, I think I shall use this one. And again, he said, not that one. I could not sleep last night. Not because I don't have the word, but I'm looking for the right word, which God gives me for the right people and for the right place. So I woke up at around four in the morning and I began to pray. And when I prayed, the Holy Spirit said, yes, this is the word I want to give. And I said, oh, no, I had my own word I wanted to give. And he says, this is the word I want to give. So I got to obey, because if I don't obey, I would be wasting my time. Amen. Do we have light here? Okay, I'm finding it difficult here to read, but let me see. Uh, open with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. The topic of my teaching or preaching today, I have entitled it foolishness. It's shocking, right? Is it shocking? Yeah, let's read the first of all and then I explain why.
you may say, wow, we have never had such a message, foolishness. Yes. First Corinthians chapter 1, and I'm going to read it from verse 18. He says, for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world through the, the, the world through wisdom did not know God. It pleased God through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. For Jews request a sign, and Greeks seek after wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified to the Jew, a stumbling block, and to the Greeks, foolishness. But to those who are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men, and, we, and the weakness of God is stronger than men. Somebody say amen. So in the first place, I said that my message says foolishness. I know some of you said, what's going on here? But the truth of the matter is that what people call wisdom before God is foolishness. And what God calls foolishness before us who believe is wisdom. It's very hard to believe that God can cure AIDS by prayer. It's very hard. Unless you are called, unless you are born again, spirit-filled, tongue-speaking, demonic-chasing. If not, you may say this is impossible. But the good thing, we have Dr. George here. He has ever been to my country. And he, he could line up these young men and women who were once infected by HIV and AIDS. They went to their doctors. They are not assuming or feeling that they are infected. They have proof, documented proof from the doctors after checking their blood sample that I am infected. Then they come back to church and prayed for. After being prayed for, now we say go back again to the same doctor so that you may get your blood sample again. They come back with a good report that they could not trace the virus in the blood of Jesus. Somebody say amen. Doesn't that look foolishness to someone with some intellect who says I'm an intelligent person? That's foolishness. But that foolishness is what God has caused us to preach the gospel of the cross, to bring healing where people could not get any healing for this or any cure for this disease. Doctor is a physician. He's not just a doctor in theology, no, he's a physician. He would have not accepted that 
God can cure AIDS without being medicated. And I know million doctors all over the world think the same way. It's impossible. Their work is impossible. But doctor says it's possible. Why? Because God graced doctor to know the Lord and to believe in him. So with God, everything is what? Possible. I came today to encourage somebody who may be here right now who is facing a very terrible situation. You may be facing hurdles that even right now you say, maybe that man doesn't know what he's talking about. Does he know what I'm going through? My case is impossible. Listen to me. Jesus is the champion of impossible cases. We serve a God who heals, who saves, who delivers at any time and anywhere. God has got no respect of persons, but whoever believes, God will always show up on that person and say, here I am, what do you want me to do? Now, there's what we call principles. We serve a covenant-keeping God who says, if my people are called by my own name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. That's the principle. If my people, which means God has got his own people. I hear the Muslims pray. I hear the Catholic pray. I hear every prayer prays. But listen, not every prayer which goes to God is answered. According to this scripture, he has his own people. He says, if my own people. That's Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. If my own people who are called by my own name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. Number one, I forgive. Before healing comes, forgiveness first. Repentance is what comes first, then a miracle takes place. Because repentance is a sign of humbleness, of brokenness. Not simply confession. No, no, I have a Catholic background. Before I became born again Christian, I used to go to, to, to be a Catholic by faith. And I used to go every Saturday because I loved God, God so much since childhood. I used to go every Saturday to the penitentiary to go there and confess my sins. And the father could say, okay, my son, go and read rosary. Two, 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 three times, two times, you are forgiven. And I go back there and I read my, 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 my prayers. And I say, wow, now I'm a clean man. And I go, I do nothing that night. I'm waiting for Sunday to get the Holocaustia, which is what? To, to, we call Ostia. To get the Ostia. And I receive, after I eat that bread, and I say, wow, this is good. And he says, now the, the mass is over. Then I begin again to do the same thing, which I used to do previously. Because I'm, I know on Saturday I'll go and confess again. So confession is not repentance. Uh-uh. Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of conduct. These are two different things. Confession is one thing and repentance is another thing. Repentance is to come here and I slap you and you say, why have you slapped them? I say, I'm sorry. 
when I say I'm sorry, that means I'll never slap you again. But if I keep slapping on as I'm sorry, slapping I'm sorry, then I haven't repented. So God, whom we do serve, is a covenant-keeping God and is a God of principles. Principle number one, if my people, can you say with me, say, if my people who are called by my own name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn away from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Give him glory. That is the principle number one. Principle number two, obedience is better than sacrifice. You cannot come to God under rebellion and you begin to demand him stuff. He, he doesn't listen to you. He is God Almighty. Amen? Our country suffered 30 years of civil war during Idi Amin and the Obore, whom you never knew. All of you, all the world, only know one man, Idi Amin. But there's another guy who was a silent killer called Obore. He was the first one, and then Idi Amin came. So 30 years of civil war. And we said, God, why are we suffering this much? What's going on in the whole world? Why can't you come and shop on our behalf? And do you know what God told us? He said, you know what? This entire country is so much into witchcraft. Africans by nature, they live in what we call tribes. We have tribes. And each tribe has a god. And each lane has a god. The lineages. Each lineage as a God. So they may have a name of Christianity. They may, they may be baptized, but behind their houses, there are some small houses which represent gods. So it's okay. They can come to church in the morning. And after they worship, they go back and bow before the other gods. That's why there is heavy witchcraft down there because people believe in witchcraft. They literally fly. People can come through those walls and go and come back and tell you stuff. I've gone there, I've done this and that. You know, it's real because they're spirits. And God told us, in order for you to see peace in this country, come back to me because I'm a jealous God. And it was like a joke. By that time, I was only 26 years old. 24 years old. Right now, as I talk to you, I'm 62 years old. And then we began the journey of intercessory prayer. Because you cannot overcome these demonic forces in the flesh. I was taken by my sister Judy and Art to Jackson's in Michigan. There was a meeting of, the, of these powerful men of God, missionaries, and we went there to commune and to, to be ministered to. 
and I was given a chance to come and speak about Uganda. And everybody there was an excellent teacher according to what we heard from them. These people are really called of God and they are anointed and they are on the cutting edge. And when they gave me a chance to speak, this is what I said. After all is said and done, I've seen a missing link. And everybody was saying, what's this missing link? And I said, brothers and sisters, whether you believe it or not, there is a war going on around us. Whether you see it or not, there is a war going on around us. And if you deny it, why do we have a lot of family breakages, marriage breakages, divorces? Why do we have a lot of drugs in, in our cities? Uh, people are being wrecked. Why do, do we? Why? Then I told them, do you know what? People don't steal because they like to. People don't kill because they like to. People don't go on drugs because they like to. But they are overpowered by the principality which rules air. With all the best teaching, with all the best colleges, the best universities, why our people are still suffering? Then I said, you know what? The Bible says, though we walk in flesh, we would not war against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But we thank God for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are not carnal, but they are mighty through Jesus Christ to pull down every stronghold of the enemy and casting down every evil imaginations that exalts against the knowledge of the word of God, putting it into captivity until to the obedience of Christ. So we need to war. You cannot war using the carnal weapons. They cannot overcome Satan. We need to apply the spiritual war. So that we can take over the land back to God. Wicked means we need right now to revive our prayer life. We must put what we call altars, not only in the churches, but also in the homes. Because that's where the enemy attacks first and he resists people. To not to come even to church. He caused them to hate the word of God. He caused them to hate the man of God. He caused them even hate God himself. Because they put a blame on God that God made them that way. That's why they are suffering. Yet the devil is a liar. Unless we war, there's no way we can win our families back to ourselves. Unless we engage ourselves in the spiritual warfare, there's no way we can take over cities. Unless we, because Jesus said you cannot enter in any city and do anything or take over that city unless you bind the strong man. You first bind the strong man and then you loot from him. Devil has been in the field for the last 6,000 years. He's so cunning. Some people think they can outsmart him. You cannot outsmart him in the flesh. You need the power of the Holy Spirit that God may empower you, anoint you, and go against him and crush him and render him powerless in Jesus' mighty name. 
there are principles we apply in order to see God manifest in our lives because we serve a covenant-keeping God. He says he watches over his word to perform it. And then I sat down. That's what I see. But when I came here on Wednesday, even the pastor didn't know, didn't know that I'm around. We just came, even the, uh, uh, the pastor's wife they didn't know. We just came and sat there. And I found here, not many people as you are today, but few people, but the spirit of prayer was tense. I felt so good in my spirit and already began to speak to me, yes, you are at the right, at the right place at the right time. And after the prayer was done and I looked around, I said, where are the people of this place? For you, you do only one day, Wednesday. For us, we do every day. Right now, as I speak, over 200 people are on their knees crying out. They have never eaten nothing for 40 days until I go back. Prayers right now are being going into the heavenlies. God, lead him. God, guide him to the right people. God, connect him to the right people. God, give him the word for the hour. God, let the people's mind and eyes be opened. Oh God, Lord, we pray. They are praying right now. Africa cannot forget to pray for you. Do you know why? We were colonized by Britons. Because at one time, Britain was a great Britain. It's no longer great. But it used to be great. But when they came to Africa, they brought institution, religion. That's why we have Anglican church. Then the Italians came. When they came, they also bring, brought institution. That's why we have the Catholic Church. When the Arabs came, they also brought, brought institution. That's why we have the Muslims. They are big there. Anglicans, they are big. Actually, they call them mainstreams. The government calls them, these are the mainstreams. Now, in 1836, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of Americans left this country to come to Uganda. And guess what they brought? Jesus Christ, the Savior of mankind. Be born again, be spirit-filled. And that's when God was introduced, true God was introduced into Uganda. So, I am what I am today because of your forefathers. The obedience of releasing that seed to that missionary team to come to Africa. Now, I am the result of that, and I'm here to tell you, seeds do not die. So now, when you see the masses behind me, it's unbelievable. I'm just one man here standing before you, but you are, you are looking at masses because I oversee 100,000 members of the entire organization with 375 churches. Now, guess if the, this couple never came to preach the gospel, I would be still in my religion, in my institution, still bound in a religion. 
That's why I want to encourage you. Support missionaries. Do all what you can to support. Because every cent counts. Somebody say amen. Going back to the God of principle. Somebody say hallelujah. The Bible says, how shall they know without a preacher? How shall they believe without somebody teaching them, speaking to them, showing them the way? We are in such a wonderful great nation and we bless America always. We hear negative news upon this country over and over again in Uganda because CNN is like against this land. It doesn't give anything good. It doesn't portray anything good about you, America. Only bad stuff until we turn off that TV. Because we, we are not negative people. I, I, I told Judy that even if somebody is your enemy and he constantly is against you, speaking, speaking, he, he, he causes me to hate that person because why do you always speak negative things? So we switch off that and then we go by the spirit. Hear the spirit of God and hear the heart of God. Even though America seems to be like it's getting away from God, but hear what the Lord says. The hand of God is upon this land. God will always pay back what this land planted in other countries. You cannot plant life and you get destruction. Because you brought life to other people, God will bring life back to you. For he says, I am not mocked. Whatsoever man plant, he must reap, says the Lord. So stop listening to these other garbages and discouragement. Just rise up and put altars in homes. Revive, revive prayer. Revive prayer. Revive prayer. Let prayer go everywhere in church and schools, in, in homes. Even if you are two by yourself, pray as much as you can. Because prayer opens heaven to come down. We cannot overcome this battle in the flesh. But when we go on knees, we make things happen. Someone told me that if theology fails me, neology cannot fail me. That's all I, what I see as a missing link. It's time to come. This is a praying church. I, I was here and I said, my goodness, I wish these people knew what they have. You know, you enter into a church and you feel the spirit. The spirit of God is undeniable, is in this place. God is in this place. No, no wonder there have, been, there have been challenges and shaking up. And you may say, oh, now what are we going to do with all these shakes up? Because I heard somebody saying that any time from now you are about to move out of here, right? Okay. Jesus, whenever you see that shake up, that signifies Jesus is in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Because devil does not attack the nobodies. Uh-uh. He has no business with them. He has already finished them. So why? So he at, whenever you see devil attacking you, you should, you should know you are dangerous in 
in his kingdom. Yeah, you are dangerous. That's why he keeps on attacking. And where there is no challenges, we cannot really see the power of God. Challenges prove to us that God cares about us. Because he says when the, when the enemy shall come out like a flood, the spirit of the living God shall raise up a standard. Now the standard of awakening check is being uplifted. Beginning today, I want you to hear this prophetically. The standard of this church has been uplifted against the wiles of the enemy. And the devil cannot out, outcome God. He cannot outbeat God. No way. He may try his, his, his tricks, but that's it. For he says the one who began a good work in you is more than able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all what you may think or even ask. And remember, you never began this by yourself. Pastor, I know God used you because God uses us people to begin stuff. But you did not begin this work. No. Before you were formed in the womb of your mother, God knew you. Before you showed up here on earth, God had you in plan. And he separated you. He sanctified you. He ordained to be a prophet among nations. Which simply means that he's the one who began this work. You are just following your destiny. You came to fulfill your destiny. Your work was to obey the call. The moment you obeyed the call, God began to move with you. I like the word you used here that we are in partnership with God. That's a powerful word. Partnership in God. We are co-workers in, his, in the vineyard. So fear not, my brother. The Lord God is with you. And you are going to get even a better place. I prayed when I'm coming here that God, I want you to give me a word for the pastor and for the church that the shake-up which is taking place here is not just from the devil. God, Jesus is in the boat. Now listen to this. In that boat, we see Peter and the disciples and we see Jesus already asleep because he has no problem. He is resting. Now we see the apostles because of their unbelief. They are trying to do what? To wake him up. Come out. Don't you care when we die? Wake up. Don't you care when we die? He says, come on. Why are you disturbing my peace? Oh. Then he said, he looked to that storm and he said, storm, calm down. And came down. Prophetically, as an apostle to nations, I have come here to say, whatever storm is the reason in this house is coming down in the name of Jesus. God will make a way where there seems to be no way that his people may have a place of habitation to worship him. Somebody say amen. amen. Principle number two, fear not. For God does not use the feeble and the fearful people. Uh-uh. Gideon, at one time, God told him that he has given him the land. That he was going to overcome the midnights as one man. And he went, he collected 10,000 people. Actually, there were 30,000 30, people, I think. 
and he brought them up, thinking that by big numbers, he's going to win the battle. When God came, he said, the people are too many for me to give you the land. Lest they think, see, it is our ability and our potential has made this happen. God is, after, is always after his glory. He's always after his glory. Then he said, I'm going to test these people for you. Take them by what? By the water. He took them by the water. And he said, those who lap the water as the dog laps, put them aside. And those who put all their head on the water, please let them go home. You know what happened? The Bible says that those guys, because they were so thirsty, when they saw water, they put all their head into the water and drank the water like a crazy. And then there was another group which just used their hands and lapped the water while they are watching, lest the enemy come and push them into the water. And then he said, put those aside. Those are the warriors I'm looking for. And he said, let the fearful and those who are afraid go back home. They had to go home. And he remained with 300. And God said, with the 300 men, I've given you the city. Number three is very powerful. With the 300 men, I've given you the city. And he took over the city. So principle number two, fear not. What's that principle? Fear not. Because God does not use the fearful. Principle number three, obedience to God's word gives you success over your enemies. Most of the time, God speaks to us and we deny to do what he says. But let's see what happens here. Go to Deuteronomy chapter six. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. And let's read here and see what happens when we obey. He says these words, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. I love to read the word of God with the saints. Can you go please after me? Say, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Wow. Did you hear that? Which means nothing inside you should be left out for anything else except God. With all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. In other words, nothing, nothing. You cannot say, no, I'm reserving and preserving this energy for something else. No way, no way. He says you must give it all to me. 
Now, hear this. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall take them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. So God wanted to be within a human being all the time. Not only on Sunday service. Uh-uh, even at work. Even at home. Even by the way, God wanted to commune with you. Actually, that's the purpose why, why, why God created us. He says we are the temple of the living God. And the Holy Spirit dwells in us. Because if, if we go back in the Old Testament, God used to be in the temple, the tabernacle. So now we are the tabernacle now. The Holy Spirit resides in us. Because in the cool of the day, God used to come and fellowship with Adam before he fell. You ever thought he, he, would, out, he, would, he would outbeat God? But God said, no, let me bring the second Adam. And Jesus showed up. Amen? And when he showed up, he brought us back again to our creator. So now, God is no longer into that temple which was made uh, with the hands of men. Now God is in the temple which he made himself, which you are. Say, I am the temple of the living God. Yes, you are. And the Holy Spirit resides in you. That's why it's not very easy to put you down. Because greater is Jesus who is in you than the demons in the world. Amen? Okay, now, listen to this. He says, by, by the, by, in your houses... Speak about these words. Tell them to your children. God's heartbeat is with the children. Because we serve a God of generations. He says, teach your children the way that when they grow, they may not come out of it. And that's why I want to appreciate you, Pastor. When I came here, I found your son on Wednesday doing that piano so good and I loved it. I didn't know he was your son. I was going to go and say, do you have any address because I would like you to come to Uganda and teach our people. And I said, ah, that's Pastor's son. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. I cannot do without you. <laughs> yeah, so, so we need to teach our children. However, let's, let's continue. Then he says, so Verse 10, so it shall be when the Lord your God bring you into the land of which he swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, to give you large and beautiful cities which you did not build, houses full of all good things which you did not fear, hewn out wells which you did not dig, vineyards and olive trees which you did not plant, when you have eaten and full, beware, lest you forget the Lord who brought you out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. You, how many of you know that man is forgetful by nature? I don't know about your pastor, but I'm pastoring a people who are jobless, majority. They're jobless. That's why I take advantage 
of their joblessness to teach them the word and to cause them to enter into intercessory that God may open a door for them to, be, to live a better life. But every now and then, if I show you the requirements in my office, you may run out of Uganda and you go somewhere else. Needs upon needs, needs upon needs, and everybody expects you to attend to him. The expectation is too high to the extent that if God doesn't help you, you may say, I can't pastor these people. However, you do whatever you can as God enables you, as you continue to teach them. But this is what surprises me. A person you help out of problem, he doesn't want to come and say thank you. Neither to help others. They forget so easily. If he's having problem and you go in the hospital, you pray for him or for her, and he gets healed, comes out of hospital, he comes back to the church, and if there's another member who fell sick, he can't say, let me go, and also do the same. He has already forgotten that at one time he was sick. So man by nature, we are so forgetful. We forget where God brought us from. After we arrive there, we kick that ladder, we took us up. Forgetting that someday we may want to come back and we find the ladder no more and we fall, a great fall down. So there is a saying in Luganda, remember that old ladder we took you up there. Never kick it away because you may want to come back when you kicked it and you can't come down unless you fall. God is telling the king of Israel, remember after you have eaten, after you have been in such, such beautiful, you know, this message depicts exactly our land, this great land in America. Because I've come to America and I see skyscrapers and I see broad roads and I see doors open for you, themselves for you. You don't have to push them. And I see the <laughs> for, for you, you are used, you think it's easy because you have been raised this way. But this is a great land. This is a great land. This is a great land. God has really blessed this land, whether you believe it or not. You can't compare this land to other lands. This is a great land with the people of intellect, people of understanding, freedom of speech. You can't find that anywhere. But remember, you weren't like this before. I know the history of America. You fought for this freedom. You fought for this peace. But all of a sudden, you have forgotten where you came from. Remember, America was founded on the principles of God, right? I know that because I, I, I research and I read. The constitution of America, the first constitution was laid and founded on the scriptures, right? But nowadays I hear Bibles are kicked out of school. You can't say prayer in the name of Jesus. You have to say in the name of God. And you ask yourself, which God is that? 
because we have many goats. Stand out like, like the Muslims. Yes. For them, they speak, they are Muhammad right away. They can't, they can't hide him that they are going to offend anybody. But now here we want to please everybody because we have forgotten where we came from. Amen? We have what we call uh, politically correct statements. And then we are demeaning the name of the Lord. Yet the name of the Lord should, should be exalted higher above any other name. For there is no any other name which was given upon the earth to save except the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I hear people say, they say, when, when, I, hear, when I see maybe there is in Washington, the government is going to open up something and there is some reverence there and they say, Reverend Jackson is going to pray for us. And here he comes. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for great America. Bless America. Bless us this day as we are going to, de to deliberate on these issues which are laid before us. In the name of God, I pray. And I say, my goodness, now what good is that? Don't you know the scriptures in John? When Jesus said to his disciples that from today we shall not pray in any other name, but we shall pray in my name. Then you get ashamed of your God. Don't you know the scripture says, whosoever is ashamed of me, I also shall be ashamed of him in my heavenly father's presence. No, stand out. In the name of Jesus, I pray. If somebody dies because you said so, oh God will resurrect him up. <laughs> But you know what? Because Christians, we do not know that we are wrestling against demons, against principalities. They are so powdered before us. So we think we are trying to please them. No, you can't please a demon. You can't. In Uganda, the Muslims have seen a problem and a missing link. You know what they have done? All the Arab countries, because they believe this, uh, I don't want to use that stupid word. I'm sorry. What can I say? They are believing in a wicked uh, theology. Yeah, theory. Yeah, theory. The, yeah, that by, by the year 2021, the entire world shall be Islamic. That's why they are having what we call Al-Qaeda and other kind of that, of that nature. So they, can, they don't care to wrap themselves with what? With, the, with bombs and they come here and they blast everybody. First and foremost, they don't value their own life. How can they value your life? The people are trying to please, they don't value your life. Do you know what they are doing in Africa? They are putting mosques in every city, in every where there is two people going there to worship, they put them up. And when I was asking, I said, what's the purpose of this? You know what they told me? Influence. Influence. We know what we are doing. Influence. 
influence. And then you see the, this tall every after five hours. Allah, Wakba. Thanks be to God in America. I don't have here. Dizzy. I don't hear them here. But there you hear them everywhere. They echo them in the air to please and appease their demons. And now, do you know what they have done? They are trying to come through our parliament, talking to our parliamentarians, that they want to pass a Sharia law so that they can be governed by Sharia law. But behind the Sharia law, they have fronted a bank, their banking system. They give money without interest. Brotherhood spirit. For them, they love people so much. So they don't want any interest. So long as you become a Muslim, you get the money. Do you know what we are doing there? We are praying against that. We are saying no. You can't pass a law for just one religion. A law must go across. So if you are passing a law for them, also pass a law for us as well. These also Christians have their own laws. But you know what? It can't happen. We can't allow that. God is on our side. It can't happen. Stand out. Don't be ashamed of your God. Please pray in the name of who? Jesus. Exactly. Because there's a reason why the devil doesn't want you to mention that name. Because whenever you mention Jesus, even demons tremble. There's no any other name they fear except Jesus. I heard about this, story. I don't know if it's true, that in, in your uh, schools, people can talk about Buddha. They can teach about Muhammad, but they can't talk about Jesus. Is it true? Uh-huh, now you know the reason why. Whenever Jesus is proclaimed, demons crumble. That's why at home we, we have a blast every morning on our radio. Jesus is Lord. He has broken this day to demonstrate his miraculous power and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord. That's our slogan when we're opening up every morning. For purpose and on purpose, because we know what we are doing. So he says, Do not forget the Lord your God who brought you out the house of what? Of your bondage. Oh my God. He says, You shall fear the Lord your God and serve him and shall take oath in his name. Amen. The name of the Lord is so powerful. But do you know the love God has given us? If just in case Dr. George finds out that Grievous is using my name in Uganda to acquire land, to acquire property in my name, do you, don't you think Dr. George can take me to court? If I impersonate, because they call that impersonation, if I say, yes, I'm George, now I want money in the name of George. Don't you think he can take me to court? He can't. How about you? Can't you? You can say, which guy is taking my money? Whenever I go on my account, money is withdrawn. And they say, somebody says, it's me, yet it's not me. You take me to court, right? 
But see the love of God. He has given us the power and the authority to use his name. When we need healing, we say, Jesus, heal us. When the enemy attacks, we say, Jesus, heal us. When we are confused, we say, God, come and show up in the name of Jesus. He has never said, I'm taking you to God for you have used my name. But we have forgotten that there's a reason why he gave us that name. He gave us that name that we may serve him. Not just lip service. No. But serve him with all our heart, with all our strength, and with all our soul. Some people think, for me, I'm just a lady. For me, I'm just sitting in the pews. For me, I'm just a member of the church. Thank you for being a member. That's a stage, stage number one. We go by steps. That's step number one. But God has called you to be disciple so that you may go and disciple others. So never settle for anything less. You began a journey of faith and from faith to faith, from power to power, and from glory to glory. You are not yet done. That's why you must take it to point that I have got to come and study the word of God. I have to come and pray. I have to come and be nurtured in the spirit that I may grow to be able to fight a good fight of what? Faith. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Finally, this is my last one. Job chapter 36, verse 11 says, if, you are, if they obey and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasure. Quote that down. The benefits of serving God and obeying God. It says, if they obey him and serve him, they shall spend their days in prosperity and their years in pleasures. Now, I know the devil is very mad at, 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 at us. He doesn't want to see any Christian prospering. Not at all. The devil always wants to see you putting your head down. And then he laughs, he scorns, let's see, I've finished him. But no way, you are not yet finished. You just need to know what it requires for you to go back into your position and begin to exercise, exercise dominion and then subdue. We are territory takers. We are kingdom takers. God has called us to take back the land from the hand of the devil. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, lastly, hear this. There is a widow in the Bible. God spoke to this widow and said, actually he spoke to his servant, that I've prepared a widow who is going to feed you. This story is so interesting, and I'm finishing with this. A man of God, I can assume, assume he was in his 80s, because during then, or 90s, during then people grew, they took many years. But here comes the widow, I mean, comes the man, he finds the widow at, his, at her home. Say, oh, man of God, nice to see you. Is everything well? The man says it's well. 
Then you say, please give me a cup of water. The woman goes. As she was almost going into the, to enter into the house, she says, excuse me, prepare also some meat for me. I need, uh, I'm hungry. Prepare some meal for me. You know what the woman said? As long as the Lord your God liveth. I wonder how this woman knew that this was the man of God. He said, as long as your God liveth, I've got nothing in my house except few flour and the oil which I prepare so that I may eat and die. She's the first woman I've ever seen who eats to die. <laughs> People eat to live, but she said, I'm going to eat and do what? And die. So she was ready to die. Can you imagine? When problems faces us, they cause us to speak negatively upon our lives. And we cause death for our lives. That's why the Bible says in Proverbs 18.21 that death and life lies on the power of our tongue. And those who love it shall eat its fruits. Christians, be very careful when problems come what you say. Can you imagine? So that I prepare and cook my food and we eat with my child and we die. No hope. No hope at all. And the man of God says, excuse me. Yes, I agree. You're going to cook, but cook for me fast. Ah, cook for me fast. Where are you coming from? Who are you? You have no compassion with this kid. You cook for me fast. The man of God knew the principle of sowing and reaping. The widow never knew the principle. She was all about eating and die with her kid. Yet God has sent a prophet that she may not what? She may not die. But thanks be to God. The woman said, okay, what to do? You are a prophet of God. If I die, I die. Take it. And after he ate, he gave a very wonderful prophecy, which I want to read and we finalize. Amen? Go with me to, uh, to second, I'm at First Kings chapter 17. And we finalize. Wow. Interesting. Eat and die. Okay, here we go. Here we go, here we go, here we go. Uh, verse, verse 9 says, oh, sorry, First Kings chapter 17, verse 9. That's where I'm reading. First Kings chapter 17, verse 9. It says, Arise, go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. See, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. So he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed a widow was there get, gathering sticks, and he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a muzzle of bread in your hand. 
So she said, As the Lord your God liveth, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin, and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks, that I may go in the inn and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. Oh my God. Verse 13. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Again, we see fear here. Do not do what? Do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first and bring it to me. And afterward, make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bean of flour shall never be used up. Now shall the jar of oil run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the earth. So she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. The bean of the flour was not used up, now did the jar of oil run dry according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Somebody say hallelujah. Now, obedience is better than what? Sacrifice. Now, obedience is the key to your breakthrough. That's the key word. If according to God, it says in Isaiah chapter 1, verse 19, if you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the... Uh, what the land shall produce. Okay, in another translation, it says, you shall eat the best land can produce. Obedience is the key. As I finalize today, of course, I'm going to pray for the people because there are some people I know who need a special prayer. I'm going to pray for people if a pastor allows me. Should I pray for some of them? Yeah, okay. Uh, and, then, and then I'm going to release you so that you may go back home. However, hear these words as I finalize. What is the missing link? Yeah, we are getting it. None of you, none of you who does not pray. All of you pray, right? But obedience is better than sacrifice. Will you obey God this time when pastor calls for prayer and you show up? Because that's what God is calling for. The rest is just follows. Number two, spiritual warfare, you cannot overcome this battle in the flesh. It's impossible, I'm telling you, brother. Here I see doctors that are dealing with the spirits of fever, spirits of some sickness and disease, and God has graced this country that at least you have medical doctors and scientists who can help in that area. But still, we need intercessors. Because there are some diseases, you can bear me witness, which are treated and they don't go away. Somebody's having a migrant headache every now and then, and he doesn't know, he gets the tablets, but still is there. Sickness, hear me now, is from the enemy. 
That's what he uses as a weapon to torture us. That we may deny God and say, no way. Why can't I deny God and I die like the, the, the wife of Job? And Job says, no, you have spoken wickedly. Have you spoken like one of the foolish women? No way. If God cannot deliver me, I know he's waiting for me. Somebody say amen. We need spiritual warfare. And these are called the altars. They are from home, in church, and any other places as you could gather. Now, will you obey and begin to revive prayer in your home? That's because if the children you are raising don't see you pray, they will not pray. They will not pray. They don't, it will say, oh, okay, good night, good night, good night, good night. Mommy, good night. Daddy, good night. Okay. But at least say a short prayer. Don't pray as I pray because it takes the anointing. It takes the grace to go the way we go. You don't do it right away. No. From glory to glory, from power to power, from faith to faith. The more you draw nigh unto God, the more he draws nigh unto you. But at least begin praying. Cause them, hold the hands and say, you know what? We are going to pray. Come, come, let's pray before you go to bed. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for our country. We thank you for our children. We cover them in the blood of Jesus. We pray that no demon formed against them thou shall prosper. We counsel every demonic forces as they are going to pray. I lay my hands upon their head. No not dreaming evil spirits coming, attacking them, threatening them in the night. I bind them in Jesus' name. Father, I speak life now. I speak, I speak the sweetness of God in their lives as they go to bed, oh God. I release your angels to come and watch over us, Father. To be all the glory in Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And tell them, say amen. Because some kids don't even say amen. They just say, okay, daddy has prayed. No, say, say amen. Because the word amen means so be it. So say amen. Thank you for joining us for this week's podcast from Awakening Church. You can find us at 1725 Research Drive in Louisville, Kentucky or online at awakeningky.com.